This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the Country Duty Show on CliffCentral.com. I am Dumisole. My handle is at Dumisole on Twitter. My name is Katlejo and my handle is at handful underscore K. Um, we had the Vets SRC talking about funding solutions and what they're doing for their um, students and, and, and um, student community. I think it's really impressive, hey, that they would do something so great. And uh, it goes out of, like, it, it makes me so sad, the fact that you have to be so aggressive to get things that are supposed to be a basic right in this country. Like, he said it himself when he already um, said that when he went to go speak to the council it wasn't something that he just walked in and they were very open-minded about it. He had to go in with a very aggressive attitude yeah. and and give them like a no way out of here without giving us something that we want, you know? Indeed. And um, I think education is something that we should not really be having to still be fighting so hard for um, in this country. But you'll be told, like other people, that being at university is privileged, so stop talking about it Ooh, as a, as a right or otherwise. On that one. But on the lawyer's thing, now that we're talking about rights and privileges, we have two very interesting and um, smart guys that I've recently met. I'm kidding. I've known them for quite some time. They are sharp legal minds, and they're always, you know, at the back and don't want to be in the limelight. And I had to drag them here and say to them, listen, share your witness and tell us what's happening. Welcome, gents. Uh, thank you, AC. Uh, thank you for having us in studio. Uh, the name is Bongane. Um, Do you have a Twitter handle, Bongane? At Diggy Bongs. At Diggy Bongs. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great stuff. Welcome to the show. And you, sir? Thank you for having me. I'm Fasane, People Advocate at the Dumanokwe Johannesburg Society of Advocates. Great stuff. Um, so we have the, the country duty um, chief legal strategist and um, someone from the Johannesburg Bar who is going to share some witness. Guys, I know that you've seen what's happening in the country. In fact, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> um, every two minutes, this is a moving train and we get to see things and stuff like that. Um, so there are two, in my view, issues. There's politics and there's the law. And I think um, those issues go hand in hand. Um, but where are we? What, what is happening, if you had to summarize it? Um, so, I mean, from my perspective, I think what you just said, there's politics and the law, and I think we have a president who's using politics to run away from the law, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so it might seem like it's uh, different, but I think it's interrelated. Um, and, I mean, we'll discuss some of the concepts, I suppose, as we go along, but yeah. uh, I think you have the political uh, dynamics that are currently happening in the country, um, and you have the president's own personal legal battles that he's facing. Um, and I suppose from a legal point of view, you can say they're intertwined. Yeah. And, and, and to my previous point, you have a president who's using politics, uh, one might argue, to, to run away from the law. Um, and uh, unfortunately, things are catching up with him, as it seems. Uh, but why has he been able to get so far away or to, to, do, to do it for so long? Like it's been two terms, for goodness sake, of this guy using things that when you look at it you're like i don't even know politics but i know that's wrong <laughs> well yeah um i think it links up to the introductory remark by the cic which is that you can't divorce the law from the politics yeah so what you've had is an overbearing president who's used his political power 
to maneuver around the law. And that's what it has been. It's no coincidence that he prevailed in, that is, Cyril Ramaphosa prevailed in the last conference last December, that now you've got a power shift. It, it brings into stark focus the interplay between law and politics. So if you've got the political power, you've got the power to manipulate the law, yeah. which then answers your question, how has he been in power for so long? Because he's always had the political backing. Now, because it's convenient for some members of the ANC, including the cabinet, and I do not want to quote names. I'm not going to say Malusi Kika. Don't Malusi Kika on Twitter, please. No, 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 absolutely not. Please don't do that. Yeah. Um, I still want you know, work from government. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you, you have that. And all of a sudden, you've got a power shift in politics. And suddenly, you've got members of the ANC who've got a different view about the president. So it brings into focus the fact that politics will always influence law. And that's yeah. why we've had um, our current president for as long as we have. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think to your point, and it's a very interesting point. So, you know, making a distinction or, or you know, trying to say that they're not inter or related rather would be a farce. And, and it's not really in anyone's interest for that matter. But let, let's maybe go back. Um, this is a guy in Polokwane um, who actually started by getting fired by um, President Tabombeki because of allegations of corruption. And ultimately, he then found himself now in power. And interestingly, um, he's always maintained that, listen, why are you firing me in circumstances where, you know, I'm not guilty or there's no pronouncement in court? What is your view? Do you think he understands this presumption of innocence? Yeah, so, I mean, I think um, what the current president, um, I think he's still the current president. I need to check my Twitter account. Um, he's but still the, the current he's president. He's still the current president. I'm, here, I'm just waiting to do that retweet. It, it's not happening. I think what he's been able to do um, and is to basically use the power that he has, the state power, um, and the resources that obviously comes with having state power, to be able to use the court system um, as it were, some might say abuse. Um, so, so yes, I, I say abuse. <laughs> I say abuse. And, uh, so, some might say use, some might say abuse. Uh, but you know, when you have the resources and you have the money that comes with the resources and so forth, you can use or abuse um, the court system. And I mean, we have had instances where some judges have pronounced on that, for example, in some of the cases that the president. Um, has faced in the judiciary where they say, you know, we think this is really an abuse of the court system now. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, Sorry to interrupt. I don't know, so right now we're at a place where we've seen Zuma has shown us all the loopholes that were there in, in legal systems that we did not see. Are we in, are we able to, or is there a way that we can now go back to change and close off these loopholes. Is it even fair for us to expect the country now or the state to now go and change laws because one rogue man came and was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. And it points to where we are as a country. In fact, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine earlier on. And we're making the point that in as much as the president has abused the systems, what we've had though is judicial clarity. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we do not know what recommendation means. So we've had yes. our president flaunt his sense of what the law is. 
And then we've got judicial pronouncement from the constitutional court, which pronounced on what recommendation means in the context of a protector. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to go back and reinvent the laws because we've got clarity on what the law is. Okay. It's the same with what it means when the president is being recalled. What is a motion of no confidence? Mm. So we're getting judicial pronouncement in terms of does the motion of no confidence require secret ballot or an open ballot. So, so we've got clarity in that regard. So what what I would say is now we've got fleshed out law that we can use appropriately going forward to hold the president. So all those sections in the in the books that were gathering dust. Now he went and just dug. Absolutely, and this that's is how point. it works. And that is the point. And then do you? Th- so in in terms of the the powers that he has, that needs to maybe be re- relooked. Oh, the powers that a sitting president has maybe needs to be looked at. Good question again. Yes or no? Sorry to interject. No, 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 definitely go ahead. Maybe you can. I might add something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the point is this: as far as I am concerned, in terms of see, this is the thing. When the constitution was drafted, we do not envisage a rogue president. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's a critical issue. What they had in mind when they came about with the constitution was was Nelson Mandela, (laughs) a benevolent president that abides. To the rule of law mm-hmm. Now you've got a rogue president Who's gone about to abuse the constitution Now because we've got clarity In terms of what the constitution provides for There are proper safeguards for a president That is to come about So if the next president comes about And there's a, uh, a report by the next Public protector Then he can't say I'm not bound by this Because it's mere recommendation So we've gotten that safeguard And we've augmented and safeguarded And fortified the law in that regard So uh, rather than going backwards And reinventing the will Now we've got again law that's not interpreted Therefore we don't know what it means And then have to go through the same process again Let's rather work with what we have And and, and just to add here uh, To my learned colleague uh, I absolutely agree with you. And it's not just the Constitution, actually. If you look at all legislation that um, was drafted around the time when uh, we were still in this glorious uh, place, is, <laughs> you know, it was drafted with the, it was, you know, with the, with the, with the best intention in mind, but it was drafted for saints, if you might call it that. that we're going to have saints in government. We're going to have saints in the state. We're going to have saints everywhere. Yes. And someone actually made a point along those lines that um, the law doesn't look at the doesn't take into mind the fact that a human being is inherently unobjective. So it assumes that these the people who are always in law are people who can. Make objective decisions and and you know when doing when using the offices or positions. And we've learned the hard way. Um, so so what we what we do, I mean, in the spaces that I'm involved in, for example, when we uh, comment on draft legislation, you draft with the worst case scenario in mind. <laughs> That's what you should do. That's how you draft legislation. Is the worst? If I get a rogue president or a rogue minister, minister of finance, <laughs> who now wants to abuse <laughs> the legislation that we have. Have I drafted with the worst scenario in mind yes. such that even if you get someone who is the worst person you could have had in that position, the law will yeah. be able to deal with that individual. So that's how you're supposed to draft legislation, right? So we, so Zuma has helped us in, 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 in that respect that a lot of people have are now saying, let's, let's hold on there a bit. Let's not rush into, implementing this legislation let's make sure that it doesn't matter who's sitting in that office it doesn't matter who's tasked with implementing it the legislation can actually implement itself without a person implementing it because we've drafted it in that fashion and that curbs the powers in a way 
It does. It, it it has to. I think, in my view, because if we don't have those powers, then it means you know th- there's nonsense. But I want to just take you to a question by Etspetunda on Twitter. He says, "Is Ubaba required by law to be at Parliament when the motion of no confidence in him is being debated, <laughs> or can they remove him in absentia?" So there are just yeah. three things that I just want you guys to cover for me. Mm-hmm. What is a motion of no confidence? Yes. Um, is there a legal definition, for example? Yeah. Um, um, Given what we know, as a matter of fact, he said he's not required to resign. Is there yeah. a legal provision or in law where he says, listen, I actually have um, a case where I'm not required to resign and the ANC may well, you know, he shows the ANC a middle finger. Yeah. So it's, you need to define what a motion of no confidence is. Yeah. Can it be debated in his absentia? Does it mean that he has to be there? Yeah. And more importantly, does he actually have legal grounds to show the ANC the middle finger. Yeah, because he okay. says he wasn't notified now, all of a sudden, as if it's a foot yeah. to stand on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically what a motion of no confidence is, is a provision in Section 102 of the National Constitution. And what it provides for is that if Parliament, with a majority vote, passes a resolution to remove the President, yeah, then the President, as well as the Cabinet, and that's very important, mm. Must resign yes. Now dealing with the second question Which is must he be there When the debate is undertaken Remember the president is not a member of parliament okay. What that means is In his absence The processes must go on Indeed. Okay. okay. Now is he forced to re- resign Because 102 says If the resolution is passed Then he along with the cabinet Must resign Now what if he says well actually no Go jump I'm not going to resign Yes. What does that mean in law? And that's a debate I was having with a friend of mine earlier on. And it's an interesting one because it is mandatory. So the president must, must. resign. So he but what if he says, I don't want to resign? Which he so has. He said, he said, I will not today. resign. He said, I will not resign. And, no, absolutely. And, he says, and, and there's two things. And, yeah. I, and, and, I, and I'll let you finish on the motion of no confidence. You're, you're explaining it. But sure. while you're doing it, you know, there's some stuff that are coming in. Yeah. So, he says, I will not resign. Yeah. Um, and, and you would know, the law talks about the right to be heard, the ultimate <laughs> principle. He says, yeah, you guys didn't tell me. Uh, yeah. You haven't given me reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, in an employment sphere, we, we, we say, you can't just fire me for no reason. True. Yeah. Do we treat him like an employee or yeah. all the rights that he ordinarily has? But yeah. he hasn't been treating us like yeah. employers, guys. Yeah, but, Can but we just say? <laughs> 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 like, I just don't get this yeah. whole thing. We mustn't yeah. embarrass the president. When he's out here embarrassing us, like, but he is subject to the laws so of the country. Uh, over to you, legal experts. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about experts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll attempt to answer the question. Bongan, do you want to take it? Sure, uh, sure, I will sure. add. I will add. Okay. Okay. Cool. So my sense is this. So the president, over and over, has been alluded to as a master strategist. I think mm-hmm. it's grown out of proportion. I certainly think it's smart. It's smart. Yes. I don't think it's as smart as they make him out to be, though. What he's getting at is this, and, and this was, this is my projection. When they pass a motion of no confidence in him tomorrow, should he not resign today, he's going to say, I'm not going to resign, and I remain the president until I resign as per the prescripts of section 102 of the constitution. Yes. Now what that means is parliament must then go to court and get a declarator mm. to say the president has not complied with section 102. Yes. But what does that mean? We're starting off at the high court. And then he's obviously going to lose at the high court. Then he goes to the Supreme Court of Appeal. 
obviously going to lose that any appeals then he goes to the constitutional court. That's another but what would that have? What does that mean though? It means he would have been in presidency for the next three months, which is what he's looking for. Which is yeah. So in as much as he accepts that ultimately he must resign, yes, but he will buy time. Over that period of time with the, all these appeals. So he's a master strategist that I'll give him. Why can't you give him that three months then? No. What happens to impeachment? When do we throw that one out? <laughs> yeah. Good question. I wanna, yeah. Sorry. Like, I, I know I'm like hogging the mic. This is a very last contribution I'm going to make. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so with impeachment in terms of 89 of the constitution, remember on the 29th of December last year, the constitutional court said, for you to impeach a president, there must be rules. Yes, yes. And now Parliament, unfortunately, is undergoing that process the where process, they're yeah. passing the rules or rather enacting the rules. Until that happens, they can't impeach the president. Yeah. So, um, so impeachment is out. We're now dealing with motion of, with no, motion confidence. of no confidence. Bongs? So, so yeah, look, uh, we have a precedent that's creating what we might call a constitutional crisis, as it were. Yes. Um, because if he's defying the constitution, which he has been held to have defied before. Exactly. So this is nothing new to him. This is like home territory, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if he defy, if he decides, you know what, uh, if you guys say I must resign and you vote against me in the motion of no confidence, I'm going to say I'm staying. That's a constitutional crisis. Of course. And what does it do then? Uh, we run to, Probably the court, as uh, my Leonard colleague was saying, but he might then say, "Military, come in." There's a coup here happening. There are yes. people that are trying to forcefully remove me from Without my position as the president. Yes. That's the thing that you you tweeted that right? I did. You tweeted yeah. the state of state of emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So if he is the reason for the for the unrest and the lack of peace in the country, does that even still stand? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, <laughs> no. So state of emergency is if there's a state of crisis, the president by proclamation. May proclaim that there's a state of emergency uh-huh. What I was discussing with the CIC Privately before this discussion was that There's a pharmaceutical decision Yes Where the president cannot take any action In terms of any act Which is a state of emergency act Until the regulations have been passed That has not happened So arguably he cannot declare the state of emergency I mean what he intimated today at today's interview, and, yeah. and this is one of the triggers in so far as state of emergency is concerned. Yeah. said, you know, th- there's potential of disorder mm. and anarchy, and, 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 and you can't now <laughs> come here or, or, or state as a matter of fact and say, well, you know, regulations are not there and stuff. There won't yeah. be time to constitute parliaments to get the regulation for people to comment or it being gazetted if there's chaos at KZN now with a yeah. view of saying we are hands off Zuma, we are supporting him, this nonsense falls now. Surely with the powers vested in him, that would be um, a ground for him to do so. And given that he's triggered that, surely we may find ourselves under a state of emergency. Look, you we like you, it's where Rata could be sitting no and yes, <laughs> no, he's still, he's still insisting. Not give up, Chan. No, you're a proper ENS graduate. For someone who's listening here, I mean, and this is exactly what he's going to do. He says, Listen, there's this nonsense that's happening now. Yeah. Don't tell me about regulations, and it's exactly what it is. It's a state of emergency. We're suspending the rules. He may well be entitled to do so. Yeah, so, so again, the question that one asks is. Um, as the commanders of the military, um, do you owe your allegiance to the country or do you owe your allegiance to an individual, being yes. Jacob Zuma in, in, in this respect? Yeah. So if the so-called commander-in-chief of the army, yes. uh, being Jacob Zuma, has by virtue of the constitution of uh, motion of um, no confidence uh, been held um, um, to be ousted by the parliamentarians, as it were, 
And he decides, I'm not going to go. And then he goes and tries to invoke the military. As a proper military commander, um, you can decide whether you owe your allegiance to the country and say, listen, pay the laws of the country. I do not lo- I no longer consider you as my commander-in-chief. Yeah. Or if he's still the commander-in-chief um, and the military personnel think, you know what, this is what the president has said, and we are going to go ahead with the state of emergency. That could be a possible outcome as well. So he has the powers to suspend laws, uh, I mean rules, but the parliament doesn't have the powers to suspend rules for impeachment. But this is where we have... <laughs> like, no, guys. <laughs> this is why we're in this, this, this mess that we're in. Because, yeah. like, no. So it's not that easy. At end of it's the day. it's not that easy, and, most and, definitely. And, and maybe let's go back to the options. And unfortunately, we, we, we don't have time. We normally have like an hour or so and, and stuff. But what options does he have in law? Um, yeah. Given the current situation mm. and the impasse, would he, amongst other things, and um, the first one, try and, and head to, to, to the High Court at Interdict Parliament? Well, he could. Um, it's a difficult one because there are no basis in law. Mm. Because remember, the whole concept of motion of no confidence is not a factual question. And this we get from the judgment last year. Sure. Yeah. It's about the confidence Parliament has in the President. Mm. Yeah. Whether he's done anything wrong or not is besides the point. Yes. The question is, do we have confidence in you? Yes. So he will be hard-pressed to find a cogent argument to suggest that this is not in order. Surely at the best, at best he's principle got, No, absolutely. At best, what he has... No, no. But this is the thing. With a motion of no confidence, Parliament debates the issue. Yeah. The subject matter is the president, but that doesn't necessarily mean the president has to respond. I see. And what I'm saying is the best he can do is argue procedure. That procedure is not yes. followed. In terms of substantive law, he has absolutely no grounds. I'm going to let Bongani speak quickly and I'm going to hijack your show for like two minutes. If I There's a point. It. Yeah. But yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Bongs. So options. I asked interning the parliament most likely not succeed. Do you think he has anything else? Yeah, so I think well, if you are his lawyer, maybe let me ask this. If you are his attorney, <laughs> advising Legal him now, advice. what would you say and what would you give to him? I'll say, Chief, we've exhausted one day. So be fired, dude. Yeah. Um. I mean, at some at some point, as a um, as as an attorney, you you must be honest with your cl- with your client. You must be frank and you must yeah. be honest and say, look. Um, I can continue wasting your money here or we can be frank about where we are with the situation right now. Yeah. Um, your options are quite limited um, if the vote of no confidence does proceed and you are voted against. Yeah. Um, so, so his options are really limited, to be honest. Um, if, if he stays there, he stays there as a bully um, and uh, nothing else, really. Yeah. yeah. Very Chief. quick remark. Yeah. Thank you so much, CIC. So just completely diverting... There's been a big problem with JMPD. I've written an email to the mayor of Johannesburg. Oh, yes. Because there's been a scourge of JMPD without legal recourse. Yes. Arresting poor black children that beg on the side of the road. Now, anyone who understands anything about law will understand that is unlawful. Yes. We've written to the mayor of Johannesburg asking him to desist. In fact, I went and hounded him in his offices today and I was not allowed to see him. Yeah. I'm going to call upon everyone who's listening. Use your social power. I'm going to call upon country duty to take this up and fight this. 
because it's an abuse of power. He's done this before with the red ants evicting poor black people in the city. He's got a concept of Johannesburg being a city in Britain. Yeah, it's and this not is not Britain. here. Yeah, I hear you. if he's got ambitions of having a clean city, then he must run for mayoral committee in Norway. Sure. So please take this up, and I'm going to call upon UCIC we, to follow this we, up. We, we shall. And that was the country duty show on Cliff Central. I think it's safe to say that tonight we should report for duty using hashtag country duty. And um, Sri Songwani, take it away. Baba Nungi, the Mawinta Noyako, or when they get feeling safe. This is Cliffcentral.com.